It's the 23rd of March 2021. Good morning and welcome to the news around Uganda. I am Lydia Lakonyero. In our national news, President Yoweri Museveni has paid tribute to the late president of Tanzania, John Pombe Magufuli, who died last week. Museveni, who visited the Tanzanian embassy at Kagera Road in Kampala, said the two presidents and Total were scheduled to sign an agreement for the construction of the oil pipeline from Uganda to Tanzania today at State House in Entebbe. Museveni said today marks 42 years since Idi Amin was defeated with the help of the Tanzanian army, which would have been a double victory. The president was in company of the First Lady Janet Museveni and Foreign Affairs Minister Sam Kutesa. What I wrote in the book here is that two weeks ago I had written to His Excellency Magufuli a letter about the pipeline. In the letter I had jokingly written that today will be a double victory day because about 42 years ago, yesterday, 21st of March, the Tanzanian People's Defense Forces together with our freedom fighters with me present had defeated the army of Idi Amin in their counter-attack against the town of Mbarara at a place called Rugando, 12 miles from Mbarara on the Kawari Road. So I was joking, saying that today would be a double victory for military and economic. Little did I know that today I would be here signing a condolences book. This is so sad. He added that despite the death of their colleagues in the struggle, it will not stop their mission of uniting the region of East Africa. We, the freedom fighters, have long learned how to deal with such challenges. The death of Mondlane, 1969, the death of Osamora Masher, the death of Agustinho Neto, the death of Herbert Chitepo, the death of uh, Oliver Tambo, the death of Marimu Nyerere, the death of uh, America Cabral, the death of John Garan, never stop us from moving forward. Therefore, the challenge is that those who are, who, who are living continue the struggle. This is what I wrote in the book. And I wrote that His Excellency Magufuri was such a dedicated servant of the people of Tanzania, the people of East Africa, and the people of Africa. It is such a great loss. In a related story, the Forum for Democratic Change has mourned Magufuli, whom they described as a true nationalist. During the party weekly press conference, the FDC Deputy Secretary General, Harold Kaija, said although Magufuli was dictatorial, he was a true nationalist looking for development for his country. You see the hospitals he built, 96 of them, the whole camp in five years. When we're in COVID here, we are told of a report that 396 in Uganda do not have a single hospital. He built 400 health centers. He moved electricity around the country, and now the country is about 90%. They're about even to achieve 100%. It will be the first country in Africa where electricity is everywhere. But here, a lot of money is put in dams. We have not even made a coverage of 30%. Kaija said Magufuli's achievements in such a short period of time should be emulated by leaders at all levels. Meanwhile, the police in Kampala yesterday bundled up the newly elected Kawempe North Member of Parliament, Muhammad Segirinya, for carrying out an unlawful protest. Segirinya and five others arrived at Mini Price Junction holding placards bearing messages demanding for the release of the detained National Unity Platform supporters and chanting in support of their leader, Robert Chagulanyi Sentamu. But before they could proceed, police led by the OC Mini Price, Assistant Superintendent Flavia Musimenta, intercepted them and she single-handedly bundled Segrinya before handing him over to junior police officers who dragged him to the cell where he was briefly detained and later transferred to the central police station. 
Still on law enforcement, the Directorate of CID of the Uganda Police Force has started investigations over multiple allegations of forged academic papers of politicians. The department's public relations officer, Charles Twine Mancio, says that many cases have been reported and that CID officials will continue with the investigations until all the culprits are arrested and prosecuted. Some of the reported cases surely shows the issue of quality. Somebody finishes senior four, he goes for a certificate that is not accredited by National Council of Higher Education, and then he wants us to investigate. Our emphasis is only on forgery and uttering false documents. Issues of quality can be challenged in courts of law, in a civil case kind of arrangement. We want to assure the, the public that anybody found to be guilty of this kind of offense will be prosecuted in accordance with the law. However, the UNEB Public Relations Officer Jennifer Kalalu says that UNEB is not supposed to compel political aspirants to go and verify their academic documents. So as UNEB, we cannot compel political aspirants to come and verify. However, when they do verify, we do provide them information and we always give them special treatment to ensure they can be able to process their documents in time. So for anybody who came to verify, verify their documents with us, we did avail the information as requested and that is where our role is. Still in national news, the General Court Marshal has sent on remand the Lubaga North Councillor-elect for unlawfully wearing military uniform. James Mubidu, a 30-year-old lawyer and councillor-elect for Lubaga North II, was yesterday afternoon arraigned before the General Court Marshal in Machindie, charged and remanded to Military Police Quarter Guard in Machindie. Prosecution alleges that on November 18, 2020, at Nakulabie, Mubidu was found putting on a red beret like that of the Defence Forces, a monopoly of the forces unlikely to cause confusion in the public. Lieutenant General Andrew Guti, the chairperson of the military court, read to him the charge, which he denied having knowledge about. Mubiru was remanded until April 13th for mention of the case. Mubiru informed the court that he would wish to have a private lawyer, but for the meantime, he used the defense counsel, Major Commander Mutunji, who had no objection to the representation. Court prosecutor Captain Ambrose Guma told court that for safety and security of Mubiru, he be remanded to Machindie. We have some news in agriculture. Over 40 youth are to be taken across different countries in East Africa to equip them with new knowledge and skills in better farming methods to boost agricultural output in the country. This trip is being headed by Pelum Uganda through the youth project under their body Youth in Agroecology and Business Learning Track Africa. The caravan will take five days in Ethiopia, Rwanda and Kenya where they will interact and connect with entrepreneurs in agriculture to share with them new skills in the sector. While flagging off these youth, the acting commissioner for youth in the gender ministry, Mondo Chatega, encouraged more youth to participate in agriculture as they wait for government support to reduce unemployment in the country. We have registered more young people who are in agriculture than in any other trade. If they are not in the gardens, they are in the processing or they are in the storage. We shall continue as government to ensure a conducive policy and legal environment. Having a special fund, especially for young people in agriculture, and when they have produced the fruits and you shall enable the young people to uh, partake of them. In central Uganda, a Kampala Capital City Authority Council meeting which was scheduled to take place yesterday to discuss the fate of various committee reports flopped due to lack of quorum. 
Of the 15 members that are required to realize quorum, only 10 showed up, of which some signed in the attendance book and left. This compelled the speaker, Abubeka Kawalia, to adjourn the meeting to Monday next week. Kawalia condemned the absenteeism by members, which has affected the authorities' business. He also used the moment to attack councillors for signing the attendance book and not attend. But physically, members have signed and have left. So, Clark, we also put, we need to put that to a very serious notice because we shouldn't operate this council as a market. We are here to serve the public, so that same public also expects a lot from us. So it's quite painful and challenging that members can come here, sign the book, then they run away. In eastern Uganda... The Ministry of Health has operated upon 400 hydrocell cases in the five districts of the Teso sub-region. The exercise that has lasted one week in the districts of Kaberamaido, Kalaki, Soroti, Amuria and Kabelabyong is expected to roll out to Katakui, Serere, Ngora, Kumi and Bukedea. The ministry is targeting to operate not less than 1,500 hydrocell cases in Teso. Dr. Charles Wamboga, a ministry official, noted that despite their efforts of giving medicine to the people to prevent the hydrocell, the hydrocell transmissions, there are chronic manifestations. Dr. Wamboga says the program started last year by preparing communities for hydrocell surgery through advocacy and training of medics. He says it is free and non-selective. As long as an affected person walks into the designated health facilities, especially health center fours and hospitals. We are in the Teso region to address the backlog of hydrocell. So we started this work one week ago and so far we've had 400 surgeries done. Most of the infections are actually centered within the region here. And for a long time we've been giving people medicines to try and break the transmission and we've been able to achieve this goal. However, we realize that we also need to address the chronic manifestations of the disease that is someone having a hydrocell. Last year we operated 300 so This time round we're operating 800. Probably when we come back next time and address the issue in the other district we should be able to flood the backlog that we estimate at 1,500 to 2,000 maximum. And either walk in in either of the facilities that are within the region and it will be served or we have also put strategically vehicles in certain areas that are able to pick those that are unable to come and, and get the service. This is barely nine months since the representative of Akoboy sub-county in Katakui district, Charles Alepa, decried the increasing number of men suffering from hydrocells. Alepa was concerned that some youth with hydrocell feared to come out openly so they can get help. I've seen now, most youth have this hydrocell. But me, I've started a project with the doctors. If I get you, if you get anybody, I add to my LOC once to identify those people who are carrying hydrocells and call me on my number, which I've already given the LOC once. And even you, Badabada, if you know the person in the village who has hydrocell, just bring it to me, I'll pay the Badabada. And I urge my community to remove that thing. That thing is too heavy and it gives you to get seen. You are not growing, your buttocks, they have gone off. That's why I urge the community. Me, I have a capacity to remove all that without any payment. In 2003, Dr. Fred Chidia of Soroti Regional Referral Hospital said the hydrocells were a trademark of men in Katakui and he was concerned that the problem seemed to be taken lightly. Of the surgical cases they had during their intervention in Teso region, Dr. Chiria said 30% were cases of ania, 17% hydrocell, 9% cut wounds, 6% gunshots, 6% chronic osteomyelitis and 2% were cancer of the breast. 
Chiria then estimated that in some areas, three in every ten men above the age of 20 are infected with hydrocell. He observed that most men don't go for checkup usually because the swelling of the hydrocell is painless. Hydrocell is a collection of fluid surrounding the testicles. Dr. Sam Kagwa, a urologist at Mulago Hospital, says that in extreme cases, the fluid can be as much as two liters. In Western Uganda, the Uganda Wildlife Authority has disclosed that the delayed completion of erecting an electric fence around Queen Elizabeth National Park in Kasese District was affected by the COVID-19 lockdown. Bashir Hanji, the UWA spokesperson, says during the country's lockdown, the contractor could not import into the country materials needed for the fence. He, however, says the authority has already mapped out all the hotspots and that priority will be given to them. Hanji adds that the authority is committed to ensuring that the wild animals do not cause havoc to the community. This follows the killing of six lions at Ishasha sector of the park, which are believed to have been poisoned. Fence was affected by COVID. So considering that most of the materials that we are using uh, were being imported from Kenya. Actually, we have already mapped out the hotspots, human wildlife conflict hotspots. These are the ones that want to give priority. In northern Uganda, the Bishop of Madi and West Nile Diocese, Charles Collins Andaku, has urged the people to desist from destroying the environment. The bishop was speaking during the commemoration of Tree Sunday at Muni Church of Uganda in Madiokolo district. Tree Sunday, an initiative of the diocese, is observed on every third Sunday of March. The church started marking the day after realizing that the green vegetation was being destroyed due to man's negative activities. The bishop said the campaign is geared towards ensuring that Christians are sensitized and involved in environmental protection and climate change mitigation. The responsibility for man, this environment is given for you to work in, that you can feel comfortable, care for it. This mango tree, you get fruit, you have to work, prune it, manure, will grow, then it will give you fruit, you can also get money, you can have sex, you can have functions under it, my dear brothers and sisters. It is a mandate from God, a responsibility to work and care for it. I always imagine people who are cutting down trees without a replacement, whether they think about their children, whether they think about tomorrow. Remember, you are to work it and care for it. Number three, here God is inspiring us to be involved in planting and caring with trees to improve our farmland. Times we cultivate, we complain that we don't get good yield. We wish the same land for growing the same crop year in and year out. Often the land will lose its fertility. If you plant trees, the roots will anchor the soil particles together. Then erosion will be minimized. The leaves of these trees will fall down and become manure. Then you will have good yields in your field. The LC5 chairperson of Madio Kolo district, Genesis Achema, say they are waiting for an ordinance to be gazetted for protection of the environment. Some local leaders and residents in Ulepi sub-county appreciated the diocese for the move and pledged to support the campaign to protect the environment. And with that story, we come to the end of the news from around Uganda. I'm Lydia Lakwanyer. Good morning.